When I was a kid, visiting my great-grandma near Elizabeth City on the coast of North Carolina, I used to hear people talk about this huge structure that looked kind of like a cross between a greenhouse and a tent. It was absolutely enormous, like it could have held a whole forest. But it was also very mysterious. Like, I always wondered what on earth could such a gigantic building possibly be used for? Okay, so what was it? It was, it turns out, an airship hangar. It's like where you store airplanes, only these vehicles were huge balloons that were meant to watch out for German submarines during World War II. The building's actually still there. It's called the Weeksville Airship Hangar. It's on the Weeksville Naval Air Station. So did the airships work? Did they keep German submarines away from the American coast? Well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. But submarines were sighted a lot less once the airship started patrolling. However, one of the other legends of the area that my great-grandma used to tell me is that one German submarine actually got close enough that its crew came ashore. I bet it would be easy to spot those airships as they floated around the coast of the Outer Banks. But I don't think we use airships much for defense anymore. So we're going to learn more about airships on today's episode of Big Big If If True. True. Where I, Maggie, and I, Abby, explore the truth about big things. Today we're going to learn about how airships were used in wartime, but some people also wanted to use them in peacetime. So here's our quiz question to test your knowledge. In 1930, airships were going to be used to help connect people across all of which European empire? A. The French Empire. B. The German Empire. C. The British Empire. Or D. The Spanish Empire. We'll tell you the answer near the end of the show. Our expert today has studied a lot about these giant floating balloon-like vehicles. My name is Brett Holman, and I'm a historian. As you can tell from my accent, I'm Australian. My main interest is in British history and uh, particularly aviation history. What I'm really interested in is what did people think and feel about aviation and about flying and about aircraft in the early part of the 20th century when flying was really new. So people got really excited about it and they didn't really know what it would do, um, uh, what it could do. Um, and so they had imagined all these possibilities about uh, the future and what aviation, which how it would change the world. And so that's what I'm trying really interested in. What is an airship? We're very familiar with airplanes. Um, so they're big, heavy objects that are heavier than air and they fly because they've got wings and uh, the wings give them lift, which helps them stay in the air. Airships are a very different idea for flying. They're lighter than air so that they float. Um, They will float up into the air and can stay there as long as, um, well, as long as you've you've got food and fuel to run the engines and so forth. So they're, they're kind of based on balloons originally. So a balloon will just go up and float, but you can't control a balloon. So essentially an airship is like a balloon with engines that can that can um, push it in a certain direction, the direction that you want to go in. So it's, they were very popular, well, quite popular in the early 20th century. And then as we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, they became less popular. How big can airships be? They can be very big. The biggest airship ever was the Hindenburg which was a German airship that was built in 1936. And it was 800 feet long um, and 130 feet wide. And so that's, if you think about like a a jumbo jet, a big airliner, 
that's three times longer than a jumbo jet. So the Hindenburg was about two thirds the length of the, um, the USS Enterprise um, aircraft carrier. So they were, they were very big aircraft and they could carry something like, the Hindenburg could carry something like 40 passengers though, which is actually not a lot compared to a jumbo jet. So they were big, but they were kind of not really that useful compared to what we have now. What kind of different airships are there? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and there were different kinds because uh, they were trying to work out how to make these things kind of effective and safe, more particularly. Uh, and so they experimented with different kinds of designs. And so there's three different basic types. There's uh, the, the rigid airship, the non-rigid airship, and the semi-rigid airship. A non-rigid airship is just, is just kind of like a balloon. There's a big gas bag full of the gas and the pressure of the gas keeps its shape up, but there's no sort of exoskeleton type thing to, to, to keep it the shape there. Then there's the other end of the scale, there's the rigid airship, which is what most of the big famous airships like the Hindenburg were. So they had a kind of a skeleton which uh, defined the shape of the airship and the gas bags were inside that. And then there was the semi-rigid, which was kind of not very successful or popular, but it just kind of had one long kind of keel along the bottom, which gave it some sort of defining shape, but didn't really hold the whole thing together. And so the difference, the idea with the rigid airship is that it's, because it's holding the shape there, it's structurally sort of sound and tight and um, everything's not going to sort of, uh, it's going to hold everything together, but it also means that it's kind of more vulnerable to damage uh, if you hit something or it doesn't sort of bounce back the way that a non-rigid airship would. So it's got some pros and some cons. What kinds of airships do you study? I'm interested in real airships, but I'm also probably more interested in unreal airships, imaginary airships. So the real ones that I'm interested in are the German ones, which we used to, to bomb uh, in warfare in the First World War. So they um, bombed um, cities in Britain. But I'm more particularly interested in the imaginary ones, the so-called phantom airships um, that people started seeing in Britain even before the war. So as I said before, people were, when aircraft were new and where airships were new, people uh, wondered what they could do, um, what they would be capable of and how, how their enemies might use them. Uh, and so Germany had all these airships and was building this big airship fleet and the people in England particularly were worried about how they might be used against English cities uh, and the, the British Navy. And so there was a time in 1909 and 1913 when people in England and Wales thought that they saw these airships in the sky. So they, when I say people, I mean, there's people all over the country there were dozens, hundreds of reports of these airships in the sky. And the thing was, they weren't. There were no German airships. There were no British airships. They were, um, they were imaginary. People were imagining things. They were seeing stars, uh, planets, um, birds. In a few cases, they were real aeroplanes or airships, but um, certainly not German ones, but mostly people were imagining things. Oh, plot twist. These airships are big, but they might not be true. They sort of started printing all these stories to sort of fan this this um, sort of scare 
that people were having and sort of and so people read these stories in the newspaper and say oh really the germans are sending airships over let me have a look i'll look out the window and see if i can see anything and of course people did start seeing them and so it's sort of the snowball effect and people started seeing more and more of these airships until everyone started saying well this is ridiculous there can't possibly be hundreds of airships flying over the country so the whole thing is obviously a hoax or something and then they started getting embarrassed about it and stopped talking about it until it happened again in 1913, the same thing, exact same thing happened. So there's obviously something going on there and that's what really got me interested. What did the people do? Like, what was the response? Were they just like, I'm afraid, or was there something that they did? People didn't really do anything. Like that's that's the kind of thing I say, I say it's, it was a scare, but people were sort of more curious, I guess. They didn't run away in terror or um, sometimes they called the, um, the local police or the, the military and reported things that they'd seen and said, you should be aware of this, but they weren't really concerned for their own personal safety at this point. They sort of thought more that these airships were spies that were um, trying, you know, taking, drawing maps of naval bases and that sort of thing. So what one thing that, that people did do is they started talking about, particularly the press, is they started saying, well, if the Germans are going to have these airships, we need airships too. We need to have uh, an aerial fleet that can um, defend us against the German airships. Uh, and so uh, there was sort of a, um, lots of newspaper articles again about this saying, you know, we must spend all this money on these, on these, uh, on airplanes and airships. And of course, you know, at this time, the British government was doing that. They were starting to do that, but then they were getting all this pressure from the newspapers saying, you know, you need to do more and faster and spend much more money. So it became a sort of a political thing. It seems like airships wouldn't be great for military purposes because they seem very slow. How fast do airships move? You're right, they weren't great for military um, purposes. Um, the fastest one, I think, was again the Hindenburg, which got up to 81 miles an hour, which, you know, is not bad, but it's aeroplanes at the same time would, would go much faster during the First World War. So the Hindenburg was 1936 when airships were last used in sort of uh, for bombing and things like that. That was 20 years earlier. So the aeroplanes at that time were more comparable in speed to the airships. So they didn't have that much of an advantage, but they still, yeah, they were airships could be caught by the aeroplanes, the airplanes and shot down fairly easily. But one thing that it took a while to work out was actually how to shoot them down because they thought they thought that, well, they've got hydrogen in them and hydrogen burns really easily. And so you could set them on fire, but it turned out that actually you couldn't do that very easily. So it took a while for the, for the British um, air, airplanes to work out how to shoot them down quickly and reliably. So there was kind of a couple of years where airships were useful in war, and then um, they start they very quickly stopped being useful. After that, they were kind of used in sort of away from the main fighting. So they saw some use um, in the Second World War and afterwards by the US Navy as anti-submarine um, weapons because they can hover over the sea and sort of spy down and see if there are any enemy submarines in the water. So they're quite good for that. But since the 1950s, they haven't been used in war, really. The US Navy also experimented with flying aircraft carriers. So using airships to hold airplanes inside. And this was in the 1930s. And so they would hold these airplanes and drop them at the bottom. 
And then those airplanes would go, would sort of fan out across the ocean and look for enemy ships and then fly back to the aircraft carrier and sort of hook back on and come back inside. So that kind of worked, but the aircraft carriers were much better for that sort of purpose because, you know, an, air, an airship can only hold like five or six airplanes inside it, whereas an aircraft carrier can, could hold dozens. So, you know, um, they sort of gave up on that. And yeah, so bombing, reconnaissance, that really covers it. And so there was a lot of effort because they are such big things. They are so hard to use. And, you know, when they land, you need 50 strong guys to sort of hold them down and, 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 and move them around into their hangars and that sort of thing. And so they were just, uh, and they were very vulnerable as I've just discussed. So, you know, it, they didn't turn out to be worth it. So in the end, most, most militaries gave up on them after the first world war, a couple a couple um, tried to keep using them like the US Navy um, into the 1930s. And then by the time the Second World War had rolled around, everyone said, no, these just aren't worth it. What kinds of catastrophes might happen to an airship? The big fear was fire. As I said, with the, particularly the ones that had hydrogen inside them, they had to be very careful about um, anything that could cause sparks. So um, you couldn't have like metal cutlery on the airships because that might cause sparks and and ignite stray bits of gas and the whole thing might go up. So, um, and the Hindenburg did in fact, wasn't due to cutlery, but it did, it it was destroyed in a fire very famously in 1937 in New Jersey, in fact, because it was a transatlantic airship. It flew from Germany to, to the United States. German Zeppelin Hindenburg, queen of the skies, seen here from a universal newsreel camera plane as it sped over New York to its tragic end at Lakehurst, New Jersey, now lies at the Naval Air Station a twisted mass of metal. Shortly after these pictures were taken, showing the great Skyliner saluting the millions watching it from below on its first trip of the season, the huge craft exploded while docking and blazed to a fiery end, taking the lives of almost half its 99 passengers and it's one of the reasons why people eventually gave up on airships it's like it was just this big catastrophe that everyone watched and it was like well um that's spectacular and it looks amazing but i don't want to get anywhere near that so um, i'm not flying in an airship ever again so that's one big uh danger storms were another one because they're so big and they're lighter than air they Although they have engines, they're kind of also at the mercy of the winds a bit. So if there's a strong wind, like in a storm, they get pushed around. um, And there can also be lightning strikes, which don't help. But a lot of airships uh, did come to grief in storms. If their engines failed, one of the big benefits of an airship is if the engines failed, it still flies. So that's unlike an airplane. If If an airplane... Uh, its engines cuts out, it's going to either crash or it might be able to glide for a while, but an airship will stay up, but it's still, it's lost control. And so if there's a mountain or something, it might crash into it. And another famous airship disaster was the R101, which was a British airship in 1930. It was flying from Britain to India on its first international flight and it crashed in France. So it didn't get very far, but it was in a storm a stormy night and it just crashed into a hillside in France and everyone on board everyone on board died. The British Empire airship scheme was this plan to sort of connect all the ends of the British Empire with airships. And so they were going to build 
an airship station out in Australia and one in South Africa and one in Canada. And so there were gonna be airships going back and forth between all these points to connect the empire together. And yeah, because the R101 crashed right at the start, they, they gave up on that. Uh, and that's really the story is the airship is, it just disappoint, ended up disappointing everyone who invested so much time and energy in, in the whole thing. They was kind of accident prone. Lots of the ones uh, in the early, in the 1910s, 20s, 30s, they all came to, to very bad ends. They, they were destroyed in these spectacular disasters and a few of them sort of survived to old age and just became too old to use and they sort of retired them. But more often than not, they had these big accidents. And so, yeah, so people thought, well, this just isn't worth it. Hey, there's the answer to our quiz question. Airships were once going to connect the entire British Empire, but it never happened. They abandoned the plan. The United States did actually try to keep using airships for a little while longer, like at the Weeksville Naval Air Station in North Carolina during World War II. But mostly, now we just see airships as curiosities, like the Goodyear blimp that flies over the Super Bowl. But at least we're pretty sure that the Goodyear blimp is real. Thanks, Brett, for telling us all about airships, whether they were real or imagined. And that's it for this episode of Big Big If If True. True. Big If True is produced by me, Abby, and Maggie. Special thanks to our expert guest, Brett Holman. Our music is by Andrew Cody. And hey, can you do us a quick favor? As soon as you've finished listening to this episode, in just a few seconds, tell a friend about it. But whether you do that or not, thanks for listening. <laughs>